Part Guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the wonderful The Arsenio ZSL Podcast. So grateful, as always, to be here giving you guys another amazing lecture in regards to me coaching up one of my students, the one that you've been hearing over the past several days, as a matter of fact. So with that being said, without further ado, you already know what I'm bringing to the table. So let's dive right in. Part of a lecture in an anthropology class. Here goes another one. Let's go. So we've been discussing 16th century Native American life. Ooh. And today we're going to focus on the Iroquois and Huron peoples. Um, they lived in the northeastern Great Lakes region of North America. Now, uh, back then, their lives depended on the natural resources of the forest, especially the birch tree. The birch tree can grow in many different types of soils and is prevalent in that area. Now, um, can anyone here describe a birch tree? Um... They're tall and white, the bark, I mean. Yes, the birch tree has white bark. And this tough, protective outer layer of the tree, this, this white bark, is waterproof. And this waterproof quality of the bark, oh, it made it useful for making things like cooking containers, um, a, a variety of utensils. And if you peel birch bark in the winter, we call it the winter bark, um, another layer, a tougher inner layer of the tree adheres to the bark, producing a stronger material. So the winter bark was used for larger utensils and containers. Um, I know people make utensils out of wood, but utensils out of tree bark? Well, birch bark is pliable and very easy to bend. The Native Americans would cut the bark and fold it into any shape they needed, then secure it with cords until it dried. Uh, they could fold the bark into many shapes. So if they cooked in bowls made of birch bark, wouldn't that make the food taste funny? Oh, that's one of the great things about birch bark. The taste of the birch tree doesn't get transferred to the food, so it was perfect for cooking containers. But the most important use of the bark, by far, was the canoe. Since the northeast region of North America is uh, it's interconnected by many streams and waterways, water transportation by vessels like a canoe was most essential. The paths through the woods were often overgrown, so, so water travel was much faster. And here's what the Native Americans did. They would peel large sheets of bark from the tree to form lightweight yet sturdy canoes. The bark was stretched over frames made from tree branches, uh, stitched together, and sealed with resin. You know, that, that sticky liquid that comes out of the tree? Ugh. And when it dries, it's watertight. One great thing about these birch bark canoes was uh, they could carry a large amount of cargo. For example, a canoe weighing about 50 pounds could carry up to nine people and 250 pounds of cargo. Wow. But how far could they travel that way? Well, like I said, the northeastern region is uh, interconnected by rivers and streams and uh, the ocean at the coast. The canoes allowed them to travel over a vast area that, that today would take a few hours to fly over. 
You see, the Native Americans made canoes of all types for travel on small streams or on large, open ocean waters. For small streams, they made narrow, maneuverable boats, while, while larger canoes were needed for the ocean. They could travel throughout the area, only occasionally having to portage, um, to, to carry the canoe over land a short distance uh, to another nearby stream. And since the canoes were so light, this wasn't a difficult task. Now, how do you think this affected their lives? Well, if they could travel so easily over such a large area, they could trade with people from other areas, which, I guess, would lead them to form alliances? Exactly. Having an efficient means of transportation, well, that helped the Iroquois to form a federation linked by natural waterways. And this federation expanded from uh, what is now southern Canada all the way south to the Delaware River. And this efficiency of the birch bark canoe also made an impression on newcomers to the area. French traders in the 17th century modeled their, uh, well, they adopted the design of the Iroquois birch bark canoes, and they found they could travel great distances, more than 1,500 kilometers a month. Now, besides the bark, Native Americans also used the wood of the birch tree. Uh, the young trees were used as supports for lodgings, with the waterproof bark used as roofing. Um, branches were folded into snowshoes, and the Native American people were all adept at running, running very fast over the snow in these, uh, these birch branch snowshoes, which, if you've ever tried walking in snowshoes, you know isn't easy. Oh my God, was very long. That's what is the though. lecture very mainly about? Very structured. What, so what is this about? It's about the Iroquois and the Huron people, Native Americans, using a specific tree to their advantage. Ah, there we go. That's how you summarize it. So let's look at some of these answers. Different kinds of trees? No, it's one tree. Various methods of Native American transportation? No, that was towards the end. The value of birch trees to some Native American groups? Pretty good. The trading? Trading wasn't mentioned until the end. You see that? Do you see how I broke that down? This is why when yeah. I summarized everything and I said, okay, what is this mainly about? Two Native American groups and it was about a tree. And I literally posted that as my first main idea. The birch tree. And they used it for literally everything. So I'm looking in terms of an answer that has the word birch in it. There's only one answer that has, oh, I'm sorry, two. Birch. B and D. Birch tree. But the problem is trading, I didn't write that down until way down here when a student mentioned it. So that can't be what the lecture is mainly about, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I understood. Uh you understood. Okay. Out of woman. Okay. All right. So here we go. Let's check this out. Let's review some of these questions. Let me go on to the next one. What am I doing? I'm just lost. Okay. Ooh, According so to the professor. 
What characteristics of birch bark made it useful to Native Americans? Wow. Here we go. Now, what did I write down? I remember writing down waterproof. Can you find the answer in regards to waterproof? Repels, repels the water. Repels waterproof. Excellent. And what about easy to bend? Can you find an answer in regards to easy to bend? To bend to eating? Nope. Bend. Bend is not eating. Bend is like... Whoop. Broke to fall. Good. Those are your two answers, A and C. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. You didn't write down anything in regards to eating. Don't se yeah, to fold. Don't write that. Don't select eat as an answer. Okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> good, good. All right. Let's broke. Okay. According to the professor, why was the canoe important to some Native American groups? Ooh. Canoe. Well, transport and eat things. So let's see. There was a network of waterways. Is used canoe, uh huh. Okay, there was a network of waterways where they lived. That's true. Snowy winters made land travel too difficult. I don't remember writing anything in regards to that. They okay. sold their canoes to other groups. I did not write down them selling their canoes. Canoe travel helped form relationships between groups of Native Americans. So, what are your two favorite answers then? Cannot one moment. Cannot help in relationship between A, B, C, D. Water travel. You can move the, the mouse. Uh -huh. Water travel faster. Winter mainland travel too difficult now. There was network, a water where ways where they live. A or Good. D? A and D. Fantastic. That's it. Good job. Oh, there was I a network of waterways. So they used the canoe and it bettered their life. Also, at the very bottom, it talked about trade and they could form alliances and federations. Uh, I not read the last part that when uh, you sounded. Uh, the I page. see. I see. So you just selected D. So remember, in these choices, maybe it's easier for you to eliminate the bad answers than it is to select the good answers. When I see B, snowy winters made land travel too difficult, I hurry up and eliminate that. One mama. Sí, pero dile a papá que yo estoy ocupada. Tráncame la puerta. My baby wanna eat. Wanna eat. And you said go ask your father? Yeah, no, <laughs> go for your father for bring the food. <laughs> she you know wanna what? eat fruit loot. My wife this morning, she's like, well, we have a baby. You're going to have to, she has to learn four languages. And I'm like, well, or he, she has to learn four, he, she has to learn four languages and obviously Spanish. And I'm like, well, you know, a lot of my students, I got to figure it out about my Spanish. Anyways, all righty. So <laughs> why does the professor mention right. French traders who arrived in the Iroquois Ooh, region? Why did I write down French traders? I wrote it down right over here. They adopted designs of canoes. 
Why does the professor? It said something about the efficiency impression on newcomers. They adopted it because they were efficient. So why did the professor mention the French trainers? See, to support the point about how efficient the design was. Absolutamente. That was fantastic. Good job. You see what I mean? So the line French traders was right here. I'm going to look before that because it's a rhetorical purpose question. There in the line says efficiency. The answer says how efficient. Bada bing, bada boom. Uh, okay, we got a couple more. Let's rock the house. Uh -oh. Why does the student say this? Okay, here we go. Um, I know people make utensils out of wood, uh -huh. but utensils out of tree bark? Look, I wrote, I, look, this green area right here. He said utensils from tree bark? He has a little doubt. He has a little doubt. He's like, how do uh -huh. they make utensils? What are you doing? Uh -huh. Yeah. Does he know anything about Birchwood? Fuck no. So A's eliminated. To point out a misprint in the textbook. Did I even write down textbook? Absolutamente not. D. To bring up a point from No, 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 the D. D. Excellent. To request more of an explanation from the professor. Yes, because he was uh <laughs> Orale, okay. senora, orale. Okay, uh-oh. Why does the no. professor say this? The canoes allowed them to travel over a vast area that that today would take a few hours to fly over. Ooh, today it would take a few hours to fly over. It shows how efficient it was to do it and still kind of is. Now, it wasn't about slow. The slow was not, the canoe travel was not slow. It's actually still really good in comparison to what it is today with flying over. To illustrate the size of a geographic area. Ooh, the D. D? No. To change over time? How waterways changed over time? The waterways? The canoes in the river? Can, yeah, but can... to describe how they changed over time? Over time, no, no, no. Okay, all right, so we're between B and C. To compare different means of travel, let's illustrate the C. size. Okay, let's see. Bam! B. Right, because she said today it would take a couple of hours to fly over. So she's implying that, oh my God, it's very big. So we're looking for something in regards to big, okay? And she talks about geographic area. Well, I'm sorry, B mentions the geographic area. So this is a breakdown of your listening. And guys, that is the end of this podcast. Thank you again for tuning in. Again, we are literally just two days away from the huge Black Friday sale, all right? So if you guys are interested in any of the courses and you're looking to get half off, okay? Or even with the coaching hours, now is the time to tune in. All right, because, well, we're going to be having a huge sale coming up. All right, so, again, if you guys are hurrying up and trying to expedite what you could potentially do in regards to TOEFL, IBT, ITP, or even coaching hours or whatever it may be, general English, now's the time. So stay tuned for more, and I'll be seeing you very shortly. Over and out.